Let's talk Tanya for the 29th of Sivan. In yesterday's Tanya, we explained how that which is our ceiling, our highest attribute, our greatest quality, chachma, wisdom, to God, that is the floor. That is, uh, that is the lowest of his many different levels. Um, and how does this impact our ability to understand God? So let's, once again, let's go back to the human experience. Is it possible to touch an idea? No, that's silly. And why is that? Because again, we said we are comprised of five different levels. There's wisdom, there's emotions, there's thoughts, there is speech, there's action, and action is the lowest level, wisdom is the highest level, and they exist in different realms, in different worlds. The world of, of action or touch um, cannot in any which way um, experience or sense the world of wisdom. So if action, if touch, if you can't touch an idea, is it logical to say that we can understand God? Because if understanding, if wisdom, once again, if wisdom is God's lowest level, that means that God is infinitely removed from wisdom. And as we explained in previous segments, not by five levels. By us, we're comprised of only five levels. God is comprised of an infinite amount of levels. Wisdom being the lowest. So just like I can't touch wisdom because they're removed by five different levels, wisdom isn't the tool to be able to experience God. It's like, okay, this, here's this tough idea. I don't really understand it so well. Let me get a fork and a knife and try to uh, figure it out. No, a fork and a knife aren't the tools they use to understand something. In the same way, intellect are not the tools that we can use to grasp God because he is infinitely removed from intellect, just as intellect is removed from touch and action. In fact, the Alter Rebbe says something interesting. He says, even to say, I can't understand God because he is so great. Now, that sounds like a reasonable statement, but actually it isn't. Actually, it's a very silly statement. Why is that? Imagine, imagine that you were to tell a friend of yours, you know that I've been listening to Let's Talk Tanya, and we were learning Shariuchad Vemuna, and some of the ideas are very complex, very abstruse. You know, they're so abstract and difficult that I can't even touch them with my finger. The friend would look at you like you're a little strange. But why? What, what's strange about that statement you just said? All you said is, you can't touch the idea, which is correct, that's accurate. You can't touch the idea. The problem is that when you say, I can't touch that idea, what are you insinuating? The implication over here is, is that essentially there's some sort of connection between touch and an idea. However, in this specific case, because the idea is such a lofty and exalted and difficult idea, and maybe because my finger is a little weak, I can't touch it. But if the idea was maybe a little more uh, practical, something which is a little more simple, maybe that I could touch. No, you can't touch an idea. It doesn't make a difference how abstract it is. To say God is so great, therefore I can't understand him, implies that God exists somewhere within the realm of understanding and wisdom, just we're not smart enough to understand God. No. So, strangely, even to say I can't understand God because he's so great is also actually a statement which can't truthfully be said. So what do we have from this? Um, once we understand this, we realize actually there's a problem. How do we uh, call God? We say God is a chacham. We call, him a wise, uh, we call God wise, but God is infinitely removed from wisdom. And Dr. Rebbe says that is correct. Really, to say God himself is wise is an insult. That's like uh, praising Bill Gates and saying he has a nickel. Or saying, wow, Albert Einstein, he knows that two plus two equals four. When we say God is wise, or any of the other attributes we, we, we talk about God, we're, we're merely saying that he is 
the source of wisdom, the source of these attributes. But God himself is infinitely removed from all of these attributes. How does all of this impact our understanding of God's unity? Well, tomorrow we're going to conclude the discussion which we began um, the beginning of two chapters ago, understanding of God's unity, and we'll see how all of this relates to our ability or our inability to understand God's essential unity.